everybody. This service being live streamed, the live stream went a little bit wrong at the nine o'clock, so we're going to live stream this one uh, instead. But uh, good morning to you. Uh, Debbie's leading. Uh, I've just got a, a little reflection on yesterday, the sacred day that we had yesterday here. Uh, really good day. Um, wonderful time together in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, a lovely spread of ages, um, right from Caden up to people in their 80s. Uh, and it's wonderful to, to be together. Um, and God's, God's, he speaks powerfully, doesn't he? God is always speaking powerfully. But he was speaking powerfully yesterday through Christopher Landau, who was the speaker. And he was talking about lots of things, but about the need to be refreshed uh, by the Spirit as we go out in mission and before we go out in mission. Um, so I, I was very encouraged. I'm, I know others are very, have been very encouraged by the day. And uh, lots of amazing things will trickle out from the day as well. So um, PCC have got a meeting tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, we will be uh, hopefully building on that day as we go forward uh, to what is coming. Um, so that's, in terms of notices, that's, that's all for me. And I'm handing over to Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. Ooh. Okay, good morning everyone. Um, it's lovely to see you. Uh, let me add my welcome to Peter's. So, um, as we begin our time of worship together this morning, I'd like us to pray a prayer together. And it would be wonderful if, whether you're younger, like Caden, or um, you're older, like me, or even older, if you could join in the actions um, that go with each line as a visible sign that we're here to meet with and hear from our powerful and our faithful God. So, should we have a practice um, with the actions first so that we know what we're doing? So, you've got it on the screen, that's brilliant. So, is this making a real noise? Should I move it out a little bit? Not very good with these ones. I might revert to the next term one. Is that any better? Okay. So, um, let's do the actions together to start with. So, when we're talking about worshipping God, we're going to raise our hands. Can we do that? Excellent. And then when we talk about the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit gives us power, we're going to pull like a pull cord. Excellent. Um, when we talk about God teaching us through his words, if you can open your hands like a book or a Bible in front of you. And then when we're talking about change, if you can put your hands on your heart, that would be great. And then when we're talking about serving the world, I'm going to get you to stand up actually in a minute. That'll be, in fact, stand up now. That would be much easier. Then we can turn to face outwards like this. And when we're talking about glorifying God's name, we're going to point upwards. And then we're going to do the amen that we do at Sunbeam. So we're going to go amen at the end. Okay, are we all feeling practiced? Rob and Riri are going to have to pick it up as they come in, you see. <laughs> we're going to do some actions. So, but I'm sure you'll pick it up as we go along. All right, so let's just have a moment of quiet and then let's pray this prayer together. Lord, we are here to worship you and join in with the prayer as well as the actions if you can. So let's start again. Lord, we are here to worship you. Would you meet us 
through your Holy Spirit. Teach us through your words. Show us where we need to change and give us all we need to serve you in the world. For the glory of your name, amen. Fantastic, brilliant. Thank you for joining in that prayer with me. So we're going to worship God now um, with our first two songs. So we're going to sing The Splendour of the King, and then we're going to sing Nothing Too Big, um, which is an all-age favourite. So um, if you know the actions to the second one, then please um, do join in with those. So The Splendour of the King.
Okay, do have a seat. Hopefully you were able to uh, join in the actions there. Okay, so um, the children are going to go out to Muddy Church now, um, which in Jeanette's absence for this week is kindly going to be led by Jack and Hilary. Um, and they're going to be going out, I think, and looking at the fruit trees, is that right? And thinking about um, how they grow and what that can tell us about how we can grow more like Jesus. So that's what they're going to be up to this morning. So let's just pray um, for them. <laughs> let's just pray for them as they go. Father God, we thank you um, for the children that are here this morning. Uh, we thank you for Jack and Hilary, who at very short notice have stepped in to, to be with them today. And Lord, I pray that you will um, be with them now as they go outside into your creation. And as they think about you, as they look at the fruit, as they touch the fruit, and as they think about how we can grow the fruit of your spirit in us, I pray that you will bless them mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to come to a time of confession now, where we say sorry to God and ask him to speak into our hearts about the things that we need to put right with him and with other people. So uh, in a moment, can I invite you to pray this prayer with me, uh, leaving a pause at the end of each section to allow God to speak to us. 
So first of all, let's just be quiet before God and then let's join in this prayer of confession together. Unclutter our lives, Lord. We have too much, consume too much, expect too much. Grant us perspective, Lord to see this world through others' eyes, and most importantly, through yours. Grant us compassion, Lord, where there is need to play our part, not to turn aside or harden our hearts. Grant us gratitude, Lord, for what we have, our daily bread, the gift of life you give us. Unclutter our lives, Lord. Give us space, simplicity, selfless love and thankful hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now as we receive God's forgiveness and as we prepare to hear God's words read, let's worship Jesus in song again and invite him to come and take his rightful place on the throne of our hearts and in our church. Jesus, we enthrone you.
The reading today is taken from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. This can be found on page 1220 of the Church Bibles. Suffering for being a Christian. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do, do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the un ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to do their faithful creator to their faithful cre creator and continue to do good. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? Fathers, we look at your word this morning. We pray that you would bless us with your presence and enable us to grapple with what your word is saying and apply that word to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, I've said this a few times before in this sermon series on 1 Peter. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I, I think we'd all agree that suffering for being a Christian is part of parcel of, of what it means to be a Christian, uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ. But it's, it's amazing how we tend to think of, of suffering being over there somewhere, across the oceans, across other continents, uh, as if, you know, you know, we never expect persecution to break out against us uh, here. You know, it's over there in China or India or, you know, way off places, not here in uh, quiet and peaceful Basin Hill or Shrewsbury. Uh, as, as I was mentioning this at the nine o'clock and Ivan was here and uh, I, I said I hope it's all right to mention this but there's a Churches Together meeting here on Wednesday nights and it's, it's a, a meeting um, where they're hosting uh, an organization called Barnabas Aid and I don't know what the man's going to say. I, I have no idea what his presentation is going to be about particularly. I know it's about the persecuted church but I imagine he will be talking about the persecuted church way away from here, as in China and, and other places like that. Uh, I don't know exactly, of course, but um, notice, though, what Peter the Apostle says at the outset of our reading. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. You see, suffering for our faith isn't just about our brothers and sisters over there in another place in the world, and please hear me, 
I'm, I am saying we need to support our brothers and sisters in far off places. We need to come along on Wednesday night, hear the presentation, uh, be informed and be informed to pray uh, and be concerned for uh, our brothers and sisters around the world. But Peter says, it's about you. It's about me. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. Uh, there's a book um, uh, out there by, uh, not a well-known writer, but a man called Michael Hart, and he's written a book called The 100, A Ranking of the Most Influential person, Persons in History. And in that book, there's a list of people he believes are the most influential people in history. And uh, he isn't a Christian, he doesn't claim to belong to any of the, the, the major faith groups at all, but his number one person is not Jesus Christ, his number two is not Jesus Christ. He puts Jesus as number three on his list. And in fact, he puts Muhammad at the, at the top as the most influential person in history. Um, now, remember, he's not a Christian. He doesn't, he doesn't belong to any of the, the main faith groups at all. But he's placed Muhammad first because, in his observation, Muhammad has more influence over his followers than Jesus does over the followers of Christ. So, that's a challenge, isn't it? And he's talking here about the influence of Jesus over Christians. Not unbelievers, on Christians. And obviously it's a moot point, he's making, he's making an argument, he's, he's putting a point across, but what he's saying is it seems to be that it, it's Christians not seeming to be heeding, heeding their master's commands. Uh, an American uh, writer, John Piper, he's one of my favorite Christian authors. Uh, he's a pastor, writer, as a well-known Christian leader uh, based in America. Uh, he tells a story about Brother Andrew, who's a Dutch missionary you've probably heard of. And uh, this is before the Cold War. And uh, so John Piper tells this, uh, this true story. Um, and, and it goes along these lines. Um, so Brother Andrew's told, told a story of, of uh, sitting in a um, a, a, I think a, a little church in, in Budapest in Hungary with, with a dozen pastors and he's teaching them from the Bible and in comes this other pastor uh, who's a Romanian pastor and this Romanian pastor has just been released from prison and Brother Andrew notices the pastor come into the room and so he stops teaching from the Bible and he, and he thinks yes this is the time to listen now to this, this other pastor and so after a long pause, the Romanian pastor says, Andrew, Brother Andrew, are there any pastors in prison in your country, in Holland? No, he replies. As far as I know, no. And so the Romanian pastor says, well, why not? So Brother Andrew thought for a moment and, and then said, I think it must be because we do not take full advantage of all the opportunities that God gives us. And then came the most difficult question from the Romanian pastor. He said, Andrew, what do you do with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12? So Brother Andrew had to find his Bible. Not find it, he had his Bible. He, he then looked up the verse, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. And if you find it, he, he then found it and he said, he read this, the verse, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. And so Andrew closed his Bible slowly and said, Brother, please forgive me. 
We do nothing without verse. It's a big challenge, isn't it, for us? It's a big challenge. Peter says that suffering as a Christian is inevitable. It's not optional, it's inevitable. So what do we do with 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, let alone 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12? Because to identify with Christ is to suffer. We should not be surprised when suffering comes upon us as Christians. Rather, we should be surprised if we're not suffering. If we're not suffering as a Christian, maybe it's we're being too much like the world and less like Christ. It's challenging, isn't it? Peter is, is challenging uh, in his, his word to us. Uh, Peter doesn't pull his punches. We, we know this letter quite well now, don't we? And, and who is Peter looking to? He's looking to Jesus, of course. Jesus, his master, our master, our Lord. Jesus never shirks from challenging would-be disciples. Jesus says really challenging stuff. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Ouch. Not only that, Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow me, says Jesus. So Christ calls us to go to that place of suffering. Follow him to that place of execution. Follow him to that place of suffering, even death. Before we can experience the joy and the freedom and the liberation and everything else that comes with everlasting life. Suffering is part and parcel of being a Christian. Suffering was part and parcel of the calling of the Son of Man to lay down his life as a ransom for many. So why is it different? Why should it be different for any of us, his disciples? And so that's where this reading, 1 Peter 4, verses 12 to 19, comes in so useful and so instructive. Because if you read it, there's some pointers, there's some hints, there's some clues, there's some ways by which we can withstand or, or, or stand up through the suffering and how we can live out those commands of Jesus to love your enemy to lay down our life to, to pick up the cross daily and follow him so there's, there's four things I want to pick out from this passage this, this, uh, this morning um, four things about suffering that, that will help us uh, to withstand the suffering and keep on standing through the suffering Peter says, expect suffering. He says, embrace suffering. He says, be empowered as you suffer. And then finally, he says, it's the elect who suffer. So for writing notes, it's four words beginning with the letter E. Embrace, sorry, expect, embrace, be empowered, and it's the elect who suffer. So he says right at the start of the reading, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. He says, expect it. Now, this isn't um, deep theology, but it's Peter writing the letter, isn't it? It's the Apostle Peter. Peter, who was with Jesus right from the start of his ministry. Peter, the, the, the disciple, this, the bluff uh, man who Jesus calls as a fisherman. This is, this is Peter who knows, who, who was there when Jesus spoke those words, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. These, 
man, Peter heard it from the mouth of Jesus himself. And yet Peter also rejected the notion of suffering for our faith. If you've got a Bible, look back with me to Mark, the Gospel of Mark. And uh, it's a a hinge of Mark's Gospel, this. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 32. So Jesus is is declared he is Messiah. He's declared his, his identity. He's declared that he is the one that, that God has called to suffer for the world. And he's, and he's talking about the sufferings he's going to go through. And in verse 32 of Mark chapter 8, Jesus spoke plainly about this. And then note, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter, you see, at that point, he's, he's a learner. Uh, he's a new disciple. And he, and he hears what Jesus says about suffering. He's, he's, he's heard what Jesus is saying about the cross. And he says to Jesus, he says, no. Don't do it. Don't go through that, Jesus, he's saying. He rebukes Jesus. And yet by the time he writes his own letter, his, his epistle, he's learned the hard way that being a follower of Christ is to suffer. Inevitably, There is suffering when you follow Christ. He's watched Jesus be crucified. He's watched fellow disciples being imprisoned. He's watched fellow disciples being beaten. He knows all too well that death may come, and in fact it does come for him as a martyr. And so Peter's writing out of sheer experience and wisdom and understanding that don't be surprised at the suffering that will come your way. Don't be surprised if you are going through a fiery ordeal. That's the way of the cross. It's the way the the, the glory is through suffering. It's one of the themes that Peter goes on, really wants to drive home in his letter, that you, you you gain glory, you get to glory by going through the suffering. One of my favourite films is a, a film about C.S. Lewis called Surprised by Joy. And uh, the title of the film is a, is a very clever title because um, uh, C.S. Lewis met a, a lady called Joy Gresham. And uh, Joy became his wife in the end. But there's a very evocative scene in the middle of the film where they're, they're talking um, with each other and and basically joy says to c.s lewis the suffering now is part of the joy to come the suffering now is part of the joy to come what she's talking about is that she knows she's dying of cancer and and c.s lewis you know who's one of the most well-known christian writers of the last century is struggling to understand why why should you suffer He's fallen in love with this woman. He, he, he marries her. Why should you suffer? Why, God, don't you heal her? And Joy says the suffering now is part of the joy to come. You know, as Christians, we don't always get what we want, do we? But it's often the road, that the harder road, where we come to learn more about the suffering of Christ for us. So expect it. Secondly, he says, embrace it. Verse 13. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, 
so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. What he's saying is embrace it. Embrace it. What a strange thought. It goes back to Jesus, what Jesus says. He says, take up your cross, pick up your cross. Whoever wants to be my disciple must pick up their cross. So, and, and so Peter's picking up that theme and he says, wrap your arms. It's like wrap your arms around the cross. I don't know if you've ever tried doing that with you know, a, a piece of rough wood, but it's, it's not a, a nice experience. If you wrap your arms around rough wood, you're going to get cut and bruised. And, and a cross is heavy. And so Peter says, he said, feel the weight of that cross. Feel its, the pain, feel the roughness, feel the ruggedness of that cross. And, and that's why in a baptism service, when we have a, a, an adult baptism or a, or a believer's baptism, it's a particularly powerful reminder of this, isn't it? Because what we do is we place the person in the water and then we lift them up out of the water because what we're doing is we're saying you're going into the water of death and the water's going to wash you and clean you and then you're going to be brought out into new life. You go into the water and then you come up and you're renewed and you are alive in Christ. So Peter says, expect it and embrace it. Not only that, he said, be empowered to undergo the suffering. He says, if you are insulted, verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Why? Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. That's why. You are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Now that's a, a slightly oblique reference there, but he's referring back to Isaiah chapter 11. So let's do that, let's do that ourselves, shall we? So go back in your Bible, if you can go back into the Old Testament this time. And Isaiah chapter 11 is a, a well, Isaiah's amazing. And uh, I'll, I'll read it, just to, don't worry if you don't want to find it. Isaiah chapter 11 says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from its roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So Isaiah, who lives well before Christ, Isaiah is prophesying the, the, the coming of, of the Messiah, and he's saying that the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might, the knowledge and fear of the Lord, will descend upon and be upon the Messiah, who is Christ. So that's the reference, you see, that Peter's referring back to in his, in his letter. So think about that for a moment. The spirit of glory and of Christ. You are blessed because the spirit of glory and of Christ rests on you. Wow. The spirit who is referred to in Isaiah chapter 11, who is promised to the Messiah, rests on you and me. How do we know that? Well, we know that because we're suffering in his name. The evidence is from our suffering that we bear the spirit of glory and of Christ that rests on us. The evidence is because of our suffering. Because we, we suffer because of the name of Christ and for the name of Christ we suffer. 
Jesus says, doesn't he, in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So Jesus says, you are blessed, you are empowered by the Spirit to go out and share the good news. Uh, Christopher Landau was basically saying the same thing yesterday. He said, before you go out in mission, you are to be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, then go out in mission. If you go out in mission first, and, and then want to, you've, got to do the, you've got to be filled with the Spirit first before you go out in mission, because if you go out in mission first, you're dry and you can't share the Spirit, you can't share the gospel. Well, you can, but it's in your strength. So we need to be filled by the Spirit to then go out in mission. It's, that's what Peter's saying. So we are filled with the Spirit to expect suffering and embrace it in his name. Lastly, he says, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God you bear his name. Verse 16. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God you bear his name. Or put it another way, that if you are suffering, if you're picked on for your faith, that means that you are one of the elect. Now, the elect is a slightly, you know, has connotations to it, doesn't it? But essentially, that's, that is who we are. We are the elect, because that's we are means we are the, the chosen ones. So, we've referred to this many times, haven't we? But 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, to God's elect, is Peter writing to, to God's elect, the exiles are scattered, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God to be obedient to Jesus Christ. So again, hear that. Hear the weight of that. Hear the significance of that. You are God's elect. We are God's elect. If we're suffering, that's because we're getting something right. The converse of that is painful to hear and harder to hear, but equally true. If we're not suffering, maybe it's because we need to learn more obedience to Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going through a level of suffering right now. Uh, lots of things are coming my way uh, as a church leader. And my sense is, as I talk to you and you know, others in the church, that that's, that's what you're going through. There's suffering going on all over the place in our church. And I think God is shaking us. There's a sifting. There's, a, there's a something going on in our fellowship right now. He's testing us. So look at verse 17 because that's what Peter says. For it is time for God's judgment, for it's time for judgment to begin with God's household or God's family. And so as I listen to people, people are saying, I'm worn down, I'm exhausted, I'm ill. Life is hard. And as a church, we're facing major challenges, aren't we? One of which is personnel. Um, Jeanette is off. With, as a, she needs time off sick uh, for a few weeks, maybe quite a long time. And so therefore, that means as a church, we need to rethink how we do children's work, how we do children's outreach. With Jeanette not around. Uh, we're facing problems with the rotors every week. Uh, many people, including us as a family, are going through spiritual attack. And so suffering is real, isn't it? Suffering is here and now, and it's painful. And yet we know it's part of our lives as Christians. 
And that is why yesterday was so special, so much of a gift. Because that day gave those of us who are able to be here that space and that time to simply be refreshed by God and simply receive from God to be his people in the world. And one of the verses that Christopher gave us yesterday as a church is this one from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. And that verse says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. I'll say that again. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. And you see, God is saying, be encouraged because you are doing that. You are encouraging. And God is saying, keep on doing that. Keep on looking out for each other. Keep on caring for each other. Keep on bearing with each other. Keep on caring for each other. And so we need to stand together. We need to be God's family in this place, looking out for each other, pulling together as a body of Christ, and not giving the devil a foothold in our lives. And notice the final verse in our reading. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. And so as we expect it, as we embrace it, as we are empowered by the Spirit to go out and live his way in the world, we go out in the world to do good. In the power and the strength of the Spirit, as we are refreshed by the Spirit, we go out into the world to do good, to bring good, to bring goodness into the world, to bring love and kindness and wisdom into the community, into the school, into our homes, to the people we meet on the street. It's not saying, look at me, I'm so good. No. We're saying to God, we love him, we trust him. That he has called us to bring light and love into this world in the name of Christ and for his glory. So let's pray. Father, we come before you with our hands out, our arms outstretched to you hearing these words of expecting suffering embracing it and being a power to withstand it and also hearing that we are your beloved so father would you pour out your spirit again upon us to refresh us and renew us and re-inspire us to go out and be to be your people in the world so that people are invited to look to you, who is the saviour of the world. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Peter. Um, we're going to have a time of reflection now. Sue's going to, to play for us in just a moment. We've been thinking about how when we suffer, 
um, we share in Jesus's sufferings. And also, um, as Peter said towards the end, that verse that we were given, that was the one verse, actually, that he spoke on other verses. But that was the one verse, that Thessalonians one, that um, Christopher shared had come out of people he was specifically praying for us as a church. And that was the verse that we were given, that Thessalonians one. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as, in fact, you are doing. So, um, as Sue plays in a moment, what I'd like to invite you to do, if you'd like to, is to come and take one of these stones. So, have a look, choose which one um, you feel that you would like. They're different colours, sizes, shapes, some are broken, um, some are rough, some are smooth. Come and have a look. Take one of those, and that represents the suffering um, that you are going through at the moment. And then what I'd like to encourage you to do is to take hold of it, and um, you might want to go to the cross. You might want to sit back down and just feel the weight of it. Um, Name what it is that you are suffering um, before God. Pray if you'd like to. And then when you're ready, if you'd like to go to the cross, there's another basket there that you can put um, your stone into as a way of showing that we're sharing. When we suffer, as as Peter's just said, we're sharing in Jesus' sufferings. And also, we're called to be a body, aren't we? And we're called to um, share in each other's sufferings and to support and encourage each other. And so by putting that stone in the basket and doing that together... Um, that could be a sign that we want to encourage and build up each other, as it says in that verse from Thessalonians. So I'm going to invite um, Sue to play, and just whenever you're ready, if you'd like to come and take a stone and, uh, and do that as we reflect and continue to think about what God might be saying to us this morning.
let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are a God who sees, who cares. You tell us to expect suffering, and we know that your word tells us to take heart when suffering comes our way, to keep our eyes fixed on you and on the hope that you give us. And Father, you know about the suffering that's represented here with these stones. And I pray this morning that you will meet each one of us in our suffering, that you will remind us again of the power of the cross, and that you will enable us to bear one another's burdens and to keep encouraging and caring for each other as your words tells us to do, encourages us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you like to stand and we'll sing our next song together.
really affected me. <laughs> Thank you for Debbie for leading us to be concerned for one another. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are a prayer-answering God, that you're not aloof and far away, but that you are forever near us, waiting for us to speak to you with our praise, our confession, and with our requests. We pray for those in authority over us, Firstly, remembering our royal family. Bring comfort to them as they mourn. We thank you for the long life of our late Queen Elizabeth, for her constancy of rule and above all, her testimony of faith in you. We pray that this witness we have heard so much about in recent days will have influenced many and draw them closer to you. We ask that you will guide and bless King Charles III and his Queen Consort Camilla. We pray for our new Prime Minister Liz Trust for her cabinet and all in government. May they stand up for justice and truth and make laws which are honouring to your name particularly in this ever-demanding economic climate that we are facing. We would intercede for the needs of our world. We earnestly pray for those who are suffering due to war and the aftermath of war. We remember our brothers and sisters in many parts of our world and would specifically name Ukraine. We remember too those who are suffering from the effect of the recent storms in Canada, the Caribbean and the floods in Pakistan. Also those who are affected by famine. Father God, we ask that you will have mercy and bring about peace and reconciliation according to your will and provide food and shelter for those in need. We pray for those who are suffering persecution because they proclaim openly the name of Jesus. May we too stand up as your witnesses and not be afraid to speak out for what we believe. Give us opportunities to be bold and strong with our families and friends and neighbours. And as scripture says, to bear one another's burdens. We pray for those in our fellowship who are sick or have long-term health problems. Those who are no longer able to join with us because of age and infirmity. Father, pour in your love, peace and comfort. Finally, we pray for our church leadership, particularly Peter, Debbie, Ursula, Jeanette, RPCC, 
and our church wardens. We rely on them so much and in so many ways. May they be led, guided, strengthened and sustained by you. May they display your wisdom as they devote themselves to the ministry of our church. We pray for ourselves too, that we may offer help and give support by being involved in the many weekly activities taking place according to the gifts you have given each one of us. We ask all these prayers in, the, in and through the name of our precious Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Joyce, and bless you. So as we end our time together this morning, let's declare God's faithfulness to us as we sing our final hymn together. Great is your faithfulness. Let's stand to sing.
Thank you, Debbie. Yesterday, Christopher was talking to us about being in the stream of water, about the rivers of water. And I had um, the feeling that I was sitting at the bottom of a waterfall and was being tumbled. And then just now, I was thinking, Lord, there's so many smooth stones in that. And some people don't feel so smooth. And God was saying to me, the way you become smooth is because if we join together, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, as in fact you are doing, and we tumble together, because that's the way stones become smooth. Next weekend, we're going to Southhold, and I intend walking along the beach and finding smooth stones. I love it. I've got bowls of them all over the... And they're made smooth because the water has tumbled them and they've rubbed together. And I feel that God has been saying to us um, over the course of the weekend, come to me and live in my spirit and ask him to come and drench you. And then as we come together, because we've been drenched by the Holy Spirit, we can encourage one another and tumble together until the things that have been sharp become smooth and the Holy Spirit will help us do that. But only if we work together as a body, blessing each other. But to do that, we need to be blessed first by him. Thank you, Libby, for sharing that. Yeah, I think God's speaking to us very powerfully, isn't he? Um, he was yesterday, he is today, and I think he's doing something very beautiful among us. It's tough um, yeah, at times, isn't it? And I think it's tough at the moment, but I think he's doing something really powerful and really beautiful. So thank you, Libby, for sharing that. Um, Jack? <laughs> it's Jack out there. I think the children were going to come and share what they've been doing but if not don't worry they've probably got involved in some other fun thing that they're doing just give them a moment and then i'll go ahead and pray the blessing Okay, let's pray the blessing, and if they come back in during that, then they can share what they've been doing. If not, I'm sure we can rest assured that they've had a wonderful time together. So let me pray this blessing for us. May the love of the Father, the tenderness of the Son, and the presence and the filling of the Spirit gladden your hearts and bring peace to your souls this day and every day. Amen. And now go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.